Welcome back to the Original Design Restored podcast. At ODR, we aim to facilitate transformation primarily through intensives and this podcast. I'm Katie Tremonti, and I'm so happy to have you joining us today. So we are in the middle of a three-part Q&A. I had the opportunity to talk with some of our ODR team and and hear some of their feedback and, and input on what would be helpful to explain further from the episodes in season two, what questions, you know, were there and what things could I clarify? And there were kind of three categories of, of things that came up as I talked with, with the team and, um, and so last week was kind of some of the practicals and first steps towards healing, how to take a first step. How do you begin? What's one small step? What do I do? How do I practice kindness towards myself? Those kinds of things. And then today is a little bit more on the side of kind of the sacredness of your story and your healing journey and what to do with that, how to know who's safe, what to do when uh, you feel judgment towards the process that you're in and and what to do when there's kind of a perspective that that this healing work might be self-centered. So we're kind of going to talk through those questions today. So to start with, one of the questions, question number one that we're going to talk through today is who is safe to share your story or your stories with? And can I do story work and life mapping with a friend? So most of what I'm about to share is actually from one of our small group facilitators. Um, she was really helpful in kind of really like fleshing this out and giving kind of a, like unpacking this concept of who is safe to share your stories with. And uh, one of the best things that she said that I think is really key is most likely the safest people to share your story or stories. Like we're talking kind of like the story work process of healing and even like the specific small stories of wounding and pain, not even like a huge life map, like what we do at ODR, but the specific stories of wounding and pain, who is safe to share those with this with the safest people. This is what my small group facilitator friend said, the safest people to share those with are probably people who have engaged their own story. So people who have done story work, who are aware of the story they've lived and not only aware of it, but have pursued the healing of what's hurt them, of the things that they've worked through, been through, the lies they believed, the losses that they've sustained, the sin they've done, people who have engaged their story and pursued the healing of it and the change of the things that needed to be changed, the things that needed transformation, that needed like God's love and healing and freedom. The people who have engaged their story in a very real way are probably the safer, safest people to share your story and stories with. In addition to that, not only people who have engaged their story, but, but does this person listen well? Does this person hold your words with honor and the sacredness of your story? And do they look deeper into the heart of what you're talking about? So, so often when we're beginning to do story work, and we're beginning to share our stories with someone who we, we've discerned is safe, right? Often we are not even aware of what's in our stories. We're aware of what we lived. We're aware of our memories, but we don't always at the start of story work, at the start of a healing process or journey, we're not necessarily aware of what those stories actually hold. And so having someone who can listen 
deeper than just what we're saying on the surface and listen for some of the things that may be underneath is also a person who may be safe, not persons who um, listen with their own agenda of what they want to tell us about what's underneath, but someone who's listening to what you're sharing and processing the nuances. The heart is what my friend said, the heart of what you're talking about. Um, and this, this friend also said, honestly, starting with a counselor or a therapist, and I would add, or a life coach, someone who's trained, and yes, that usually costs money, but starting there, and not all do, I will say that there are programs, there, there is insurance for therapy, there are life coaches that are donation-based, like there are definitely ways to pursue this that don't cost money, <laughs> but honestly, starting with someone who is trained in hearing stories in making sense of stories is probably the safest place. However, just a caveat, just because someone is a counselor or a therapist or a life coach does not necessarily make them safe. So at the base of all this, at the base of all this, I would encourage you to use discernment about the people trained, professional, or otherwise If something doesn't feel right in sharing your story, it's okay to pause and back up. And it's okay to choose what stories you share with whom. And and my friend also shared at the beginning, it's probably not safe to share your stories of wounding or pain with the people who have harmed you unless they have been through their own healing process and have engaged have engaged their story so that would be an exception but but typically if you're beginning a healing process or you're starting to do story work going to the people that have harmed you as you're unearthing all of this and sharing your story to them hoping that they'll receive you well may not be the best plan and i would say so this is a little bit tricky because i would love for uh story work to be something that is just like throughout, especially faith culture, like culture, but faith culture, like in our faith communities, that we would know each other's story and that we'd be safe. But often I will say, so the question that I'm like jumping in, but without even really addressing or speaking, the question is, can I do story work and life mapping with a friend? And so, I I mean, ideally I'd like to be, yes, do it with a friend. The difficulty is all friends are not necessarily safe. So unless you have a really strong discernment of who is safe and who is not to share your story with, and really in general, I would say, no, probably do not start. Like your first story work life mapping is probably not best with a friend initially. Like as you're starting to make sense of what you've lived and pursue the healing of what's hurt you and the undoing of the lies that you've believed in, like changing the paradigms, like changing the things that are not working and really asking God to heal and change and transform the sin and to heal the loss. Like as you're engaging that, especially for the first time, as you're really like coming into your story and feeling what you've lived, I would recommend having someone else again, a therapist, a life life coach, someone who's trained in this, who does not already have a preconceived idea of who you are or who you should be or what your story actually held. So engaging with someone who has an, as much as possible, like an unbiased or, but a, a really like a not preconceived idea of who you are is probably the best place to start sharing your life map and story work. So I don't actually recommend doing the life mapping process 
with a, a close friend because there is already a, a knowing of each other and you already have a sense of each other and who you are. And there just may be a lot that comes up in your story that needs space to be brought out and needs space for you to grow and change. And I will say there are exceptions to that. There are friendships where that is safe and where there is room to allow the other person to change and grow and and to interpret their story differently than they have in the past. I think that's probably the biggest thing is it takes a special person to allow you the freedom and grace and space to interpret your story differently than how you have in the past. So once you are familiar with your story and have pursued the healing and experienced some healing of some of the painful places, yeah, it it could be a great experience to share life mapping with a friend. But yeah, initially I would recommend probably not. Okay, so then kind of the next question, which kind of piggybacks on that, what should I do when people judge my pain? Okay, right. So you're in a healing process. You're doing life mapping or story work and you're becoming aware of these painful memories and you're pursuing a healing process. So like you're, you're in the healing, but there is pain. What should you do if people judge your pain? Right. I mean, I think initially first, if the relationship is, is safe or is as you can discern it, like a safe relationship, attempting to share what you feel is probably the first step. Like, Hey, I feel hurt when you tell me that part of my story is not true. I feel hurt when you tell me that I shouldn't feel that way about that memory. I feel hurt when you say that that's not the way it was. So if it's safe enough to to share that and to say that, that would be the first attempt and kind of allow you to maintain relationship. But honestly, that may not, even that first step may, you may already know that's not going to be received well. And so if you're, if your pain is already being judged, honestly, what will happen next, at least for a season, is setting limits on what you share in certain relationships. And so, and that will be a limit for yourself. Like often the other person will not even know initially that, that you're setting a limit. And so there may be a limit on how much or what parts of your story or your pain you share in certain relationships because it is being judged or has been judged. Um, and then I will say there are, there are times where if your pain is continually being judged, there may be a place to step back from that relationship, either for a season or altogether. If there's not space to tell the truth of what you've lived. And that would be a little bit more drastic than even setting limits on what you choose to share and what you choose not to share. And I think, I think probably, this is not as much like for you to do anything with, but in your mind and like in your paradigm of what's happening, it, I would, I would just wonder like the person who is judging your pain, who says, no, that didn't happen that way, or you shouldn't feel that way about it. Or, um, like it shouldn't, that shouldn't hurt so bad. Get over it. Those kinds of statements, right? Whoever is doing that saying that whoever's judging your pain, your wounds, your struggle, your story. I think the real question is, and this is not a question to ask them. (laughs) This is a rhetorical question in your mind to process for yourself. This is not something to ask the person necessarily. I mean, definitely not. The question to kind of give yourself a framework for what's happening is what is hurting in them that keeps them from allowing you to tell the truth of your pain? So let me explain that a little bit. 
if someone is judging your pain, I would be curious about what is hurting in them that keeps them from acknowledging your pain. What keeps them from really allowing the space for you to tell the truth of your wounding? More specifically, it's really this idea that, okay, so someone's judging your pain, and I just wonder if if they accept that your pain is real, what is it that they'll have to face that maybe they don't want to? That their judgment is most likely and unhealthily, like I will say unhealthily, protecting them from feeling or seeing something that would be painful for them. So the people who are judging your pain most likely have pain that honestly they are afraid to see or feel or deal with. And I think if you can have that construct, I would not say that to them. That could be really harmful and hurtful. But if you can have that construct, there can be grace in your heart toward that person to understand that they have limits to receive your story and that you now have the choice and the responsibility to decide to choose what you do and don't share. Um, not only about your story, but about your life. You get the choice to set limits on that relationship, the interactions. You have choice in this matter. And if someone is not receiving your story or your pain well, and specifically if it's being judged, you can start with communicating how that, you know, how you feel in that. I feel hurt when, and always starting with the I, <laughs> talk about yourself first, your feelings. I feel hurt when, I feel judged when this happens rather than like, you're so judgmental. That will not help you. Saying that will not help. But if you do want to try to maintain relationship and it's safe enough to share, I feel hurt. Um, that would be a first step. But if it's not safe and already setting limits, like you have the choice to set limits on what you share and how you interact. And then really having the framework like, oh, that person must be in a lot of pain to judge my pain, essentially. Like just understanding that can allow you to set your limits, make your choices, and be responsible for you. Okay, question number three. What if my spouse thinks story work is too self-focused? How do I deal with perspectives that story work, counseling, and boundaries are selfish and self-centered? This is a really good question. So I would say specifically with story work, often when we engage story work, there is a season and there's not a right number on that season. You know, like, okay, give a person two months. That's not, that's not a number. Give a person five years. No, like we're always going to be working through our stories, but often when we engage story work, there is a season for X amount of time. Like it's different for every person, but there is a season for a certain amount of time where that person is engaging their story in a deep way. And yes, they will be thinking about themselves and their story. That is true. However, when we're engaging story work, pursuing healing and freedom by the power of Jesus, we are doing gospel work. We're taking our story under the truth of the gospel, right? Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We're putting our story under that reality and we're saying, Jesus, please heal the things that have hurt me. Please tell me the truth about the lies that I believed and show me how to walk and live in the truth. Please restore me from the sins that I have committed and please heal the loss that I've experienced. We put our stories under the gospel. 
And so when we do story work with that in mind, it is the opposite of self-centeredness because we're actually engaging the gospel over our very lives, over our very selves with the hope that as we do, he is transforming us. He is healing us. He is changing us and he is growing us. And we are entering into more and more restoration of who we are and who we're made to be and less of the effects and evidence of the fall on our lives and more of the echoes of creation are coming forward as we're being restored so that we can reflect more of the goodness and beauty of God. So story work when engaged under the gospel is powerful spiritual work. And yes, externally, it can seem like, wow, you're spending a lot of time on your story. However, if I'm taking my story under the gospel and asking Jesus by his power to heal and change me, that is powerful work. And it is the opposite of self-centered. It's aligning myself with the truth of the gospel and acknowledging the brokenness that is present and asking Jesus to heal. So not only I can experience more of him, but I can express more of him on this earth. And then I will say, yes, If all I ever do is only think about myself, only talk about myself, only talk about my story for the rest of my life, that would, yeah, that would be probably self-centered. The litmus test for this would be out of this season, out of this process, am I more whole and am I experiencing God more and expressing God more. And I would challenge us not to think in necessarily Christian culture terms of what it means to express God more, but like, am I a more peaceful person? Am I more present? Am I more loving? Those would be evidences of God's healing work in and through my story placed under the, under the gospel. Those would be evidences of powerful healing by God in me that bring about more of him expressed through my life on this earth. So yeah, that's kind of a, that would be how to deal with perspectives that it's, that it's self-centered. And I think, I mean, you can test yourself, like ask yourself, like, am I doing this because, um, I'm just want to think about myself all day long, or am I doing this because I want to see the power of God changing me, healing me? And I think, I think that can be a question for yourself, but most likely if you're placing your story work, if you're placing a healing process under the gospel is powerful spiritual work that is designed to bring about more of the goodness and beauty of God on this earth and you being more full, more whole, more free to not only experience more of God, but express more of him. Okay, and then what do you do when you feel alone in your healing journey? Where do you find safe community? This is a tricky one (laughs) because some of the healing journey is a lonely journey. It's you in your story doing the work with God present with you. So I guess number one, if you're a follower of Jesus, number one, you are not alone. He is with you. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you now as you're listening to this episode. You are not alone. So first, like very, very first, 
What do you do when you feel alone in your healing journey? You reach out to Jesus. You ask the Holy Spirit to be near and to comfort you. You tell Jesus everything you're thinking when you feel alone in the healing journey. But then as you want community and friendship and support and kind of the the embodied reality of community beyond that, where do you find safe community? I would say like initially, just pray, like ask God, help me be connected to people who are on a healing journey too. And then as you're praying that, listen for people who are honest about their story, their struggles, and their shortcomings. You can tell a lot about people by what they talk about, right? So as you're engaging in any social situation, listen for the people who have a real honesty, a real authenticity, a vulnerability, about a humility and a, and a humbleness about their story, who tell the good and the bad like the hard and the happy, the painful and the beautiful, the people who are kind of in touch with that, those things in their story, I would pay attention to to those people and I would build relationship. (laughs) Um, Not every person is going to be 100% safe. In fact, not any person is 100% safe. Every person is human. And yes, you need to use discernment like we talked about earlier in this episode with who do you share stories with. But as you're on this healing journey, if you're looking for other people who are safe as well, look for the people who are also on a healing journey. Look for the people who also have engaged their story. Look for the people who have honesty about what they've lived, both the good and the hard. Look for those people and and build relationship. And then I guess another way to have community or to to not feel alone is I would just ask who or how, like when, what, where were you? What group of people were you with? What story did you hear? What person was vulnerable about their story? Who got you interested in this healing journey? So there is um, a woman like way back before I started any really intentional healing work, there was this woman who just told stories honestly about the struggles she had been in in her life and how God had met her. And I remember probably like a decade later, like I had, was I was going to a church, we were doing ministry together. So I, you know, I was around her when she was talking about these stories. Then about a decade later, I had moved away, but I remember reaching out to her and being, be, being like expressing in an email, hey, I remember you being really honest about your struggles how did you do that? Like, how did you talk about that? How did you raise your family like that? How did you create a culture? I didn't use those words, but like, how did you create a culture of that? So what I did is I, and and she's not like a part of my community. She lives far away, but part of not feeling alone was reaching out to the people who inspired my pursuit of healing and growth and change and vulnerability and authenticity and if you can think back to like who got you interested in pursuing healing and then just reach out and maybe as simple as an email, like, Hey, I'm going through this healing journey. Do you have any advice? Or, you know, you shared this story one time about your life. It really inspired me to begin my own journey of healing or story work or whatever. Do you have any advice or, Hey, I would really love to meet up for a coffee. Your story, you know, X number of years ago really kind of kickstarted this healing process for me. I would love to meet up for coffee and just kind of share with you some of where I am and hear if you have any advice or input or um, encouragement, like I could really use just someone to kind of bounce some of this off of. And I think understand that like 
the people that you reach out to, the people who are going through their own healing journey that you're, you know, you're seeing in your social interactions, and then the people that you reach back towards who inspired your healing journey, you may not have ongoing relationship with every single one of these people, but sometimes in your healing process, when you're feeling alone, one coffee, one email, one conversation is like just the affirmation, just the encouragement that you need to continue on in that journey and in that process. So kind of going back, like when you feel alone in your journey, first talk to Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to comfort and be near, and then ask Jesus to provide people to bring you into connection with people who are also on a healing journey and begin to be intentional with building relationship with people who are honest about their stories or reaching back for a conversation or an email or a coffee, you know, meetup um, with people who kickstarted or inspired your own journey towards healing and growth. So those are some practical things on how to not only be safe with sharing our stories, but how to really respond to people who have a variety of perspectives on our story work and then where to reach out when we feel alone in our healing process. Thank you for being here today. To learn more about Original Design Restored, our intensives, and what we're about, head over to our website. And finally, as you go your own way, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 